And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We've been seeing really good, really good engagement lately. The, the download numbers have been up, so that's good to see. I appreciate that. Appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who's subscribed, anyone who's left a comment or a review, anyone who's in here right now. You're my, you're my best friend. Except that's the one star comment. Yeah, except yeah, except for that one person. Who, I knew I'd get you with that. <laughs> who is the worst? That one person. Don't know who they are. We'll never meet them. We'll probably never find out their identity unless they reveal themselves. It's probably the fake Traquan Smith. That's probably who it is. Faquan Smith. That's what I'm going to call him from now on if he shows up again. Fake his, Smith. His comments live up to his play on the field. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's mad. He's mad. Fake Juan Smith. Anyway. So yeah. So as, as promised, I yesterday, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they probably saw that I was compiling a list of all the quarterbacks who, you know, at, at, at its base level, this list was quarterbacks who changed teams for the first time in their 30s and had success in the playoffs with those new teams. I, I came up with a lot of players who did not qualify for one reason or another, but I still have them on this list that we will go through them. And also, like, for example, one of these guys was 29 when he changed teams. I'm including him. Like, it's not that strict. It's just basically yeah. to come up with a baseline of what should you really expect out of Derek Carr? Like, a 31-year-old guy in going into his 10th NFL season, playing for a new team for the first time, the presumptive idea is that he is a better quarterback than his career record would indicate, right? He has a losing career record, but he played for a losing organization in the Raiders. So, you know, if you're trying to trade for him, you're kind of looking at it kind of like, like one of the players on this list who might be the best example, Matt Stafford, who was traded to the Rams in 2021, age 33, immediately went on a Super Bowl run, won a Super Bowl. Obviously, they struggled this year. There's a lot of organizational things that led to that. But, you know, if you're looking to com- to be anybody in this realm of, okay, what type of success should we hope for? Matthew Stafford's probably the gold standard with the exception of like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, who are also on this list of guys who have done that. And there's no way in hell I'm ever going to compare Derek Carr to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, which is why I wanted to come up with a longer list than that. No, I and it's just, I think, a, a great idea just because you get, like you said, a, just a general gauge of what you can expect for Derek Carr moving on here. Obviously, there's, you know, the factor of playing for the Raiders is another thing. I guess that's hard to throw into the equation just because of the franchise you, you, you're you looking at as well. Well, right. Like, in a lot of cases, you'd be like, well, why, why, why is he getting all of this interest? He's never won a playoff game. Right. Right. And so that's kind of where you look at it. But like, there's a few other good examples. One of them I did, actually didn't have. I didn't get it yesterday. No one, no one, all of the people who replied to this tweet, no one mentioned his name was Ryan Tannehill, right? He's a guy who was on the Dolphins, got drafted by the Dolphins, was kind of a project, dealt with an injury, then went to the Titans in 2019. He's 31. He has a two and three career record in the playoffs. He did beat Tom Brady in that one game. I think it was might have been Tom Brady's last game with the Patriots, actually, in 2019. It had to be because it was, yeah, it was 2019. And he went to the Bucks in 2020. Like he he's a probably a good example of okay, can Derek Carr be a Ryan Tannehill level quarterback? I would say probably, yeah. That would be like my low, my 
my floor of what Derek Carr could be kind of thing. I, I would hope at least. And I mean, for perspective, like you didn't get a discount on Ryan Tannehill. I think a lot of people would be like, well, yeah, but he's Ryan Tannehill. The Titans signed Ryan Tannehill to a four-year, $118 million contract. This was back in 2020. The numbers have climbed since then. But like you're talking, you know, $40, 30000000 million a season for Ryan Tannehill. He's going to count $36 million against the Titans cap this year. So, like, that's where you're looking at. So, yeah, okay, in that sense, I expect him to be better than Ryan Tannehill. The other one who is probably closer to reality for what you'd hope for with Derek Carr is Kirk Cousins. Now, there's a reason I call him Mr. League Average, and it's because he's Mr. League Average. But when you look at what he has done over the course of his time with the Vikings, which he went there in 2018, that was following the the Case Keenum miracle, I believe. I think Sam Bradford started that season, and it was Case Keenum who finished it out for the Vikings. Correct. Kirk Cousins went there the next year which it's like because that playoff run was in 2018, but the next season was the 2018 season anyway. So he was eight, he was 30 years old when he got there. He has a one and two record in the playoffs. That one, everyone might remember as the Kyle Rudolph blatant OPI game, which I tweeted that. I put that in a tweet and immediately got like a bunch of Vikings fans in my mentions telling me, I don't know what offensive pass interference is and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm still mad about that game, which is just ironic to me because I didn't invite them to come onto the tweet. They just found it. And I was like, I think you care about this a lot more than I do. It's like, you can like, like, I don't think Rams fans are like, Oh yeah, yeah. That wasn't a penalty. That shouldn't have been called in the, in the NFC championship. They're like, Oh, we got away with one. In the Vikings but, case, I think they very much think that was not offensive pass interference, which is funny to me. Anyway, that's just, his one win in the playoffs. They're still just butthurt over the Super Bowl and, and quote unquote bounty gate. Yeah, and like they, uh, yeah, we actually so there's a guy on this list uh, that had something to do with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and it's just funny because as a Giants fan at, at heart, I have they can't hurt me, right? Yeah, exactly um, right. That's the good part, right? Because <laughs> uh, like even like the giant, like the Eagles fans can hurt me, <laughs> the Vikings can't. Um, and so like they that that's that's like the superpower of being able to say that because they're like, oh, you're still mad about this and this and this. Well, actually, right. Anyway. Sorry to tell you, because the Vikings, I mean, they have ripped the Saints' hearts out multiple times, right? Like that's it's been a brutal. Like the Saints don't want to see the Vikings in the playoffs. No, and except for that NFC Championship game, I don't think the history against the Vikings in the postseason is good at all between the two teams. Yeah, but so yeah, Kirk Cousins. I think if you got Kirk Cousins-level performance out of Derek Carr, you would be fine with it. You would hope for a better showing in big games. I think that's always been the yeah. Kirk Cousins kind of prime, kryptonite. Prime is- it's, called, it's almost like primetime Andy. Yes, it's very similar to Andy Dalton. It's kind of that primetime curse where, you know, the second the lights come on, you're just a different guy. But yeah, so he's currently on a one-year extension, $35 million. His previous contract was three years, $84 million. I'm sorry, that was his first contract. Then he signed a two-year, $66 million contract. And now he is on a one-year, $35 million contract. So again, you are talking about $35 million in that range for Kirk Cousins. But I do think that's probably the best comp that you will have being if you look at kind of what Kirk Cousins did with Washington and then the Vikings taking a swing at him in the same offseason 
mind you, they took a swing at Drew Brees and he decided to go back to the Saints. That's when they ended up with Kirk Cousins. So I don't know what line you draw from there, but I think it's an interesting it's interesting that he's on this list. The thing with Kirk Cousins is he's not someone that's gonna move the needle at at all either for you. Like you said, like basically Mr. League <laughs> average is is the perfect nickname for him, but he doesn't have doesn't have average weapons around him. No, he's and got I guess, excellent weapons around him, right? Yeah, and that that's something though that I, I'm not gonna put Olave on a Jordan Jefferson level quite yet, but you still have Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Justin Jordan Jefferson is his older brother. <laughs> and, and I mean, for a while, I mean, until this year, I, I would put Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara obviously in that same level, but just it was a rough year altogether for the Saints run game and anybody in the backfield it seemed in or in this offense. So I don't know if really I can say Kamara's regressing, but a guy like Dalvin Cook certainly has not. He had a, another stellar year. Yeah, and I think like if you kind of switched universes and put Derek Carr on the Vikings and had Kirk Cousins be the guy who you're considering, you'd be having the same conversation. Like, does he move the needle enough, right, to pay him $40 million? And I don't know, but I think you would land in a similar place with both those guys. So there's three other na- – okay, so as I mentioned, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are on this list too. There's no point even talking about them. They are completely unique cases. Both were very – obviously very good. Both won Super Bowls with the team they went to. Both did it very late, later than Derek Carr. I think Peyton was 36. Tom was in his 40s by the time he got to his new team. I'll still say Tom carried his team to the to the Super Bowl in Tampa where Peyton was carried by that defense. Yeah, but that was only the Super Bowl year. Like, Peyton was a stud. Yeah, yeah, the year before. Or, uh, two years, the two years before. Right, right. Yeah, so like it's not like he was he got there and he was a shell of himself. By the end, he was a shell of himself. But like that first year, he was as good as he ever was. Yeah, it was it was just amazing. I guess you would say how drastic that drop came. Yeah, I mean, once you, you most most quarterbacks decline as they get older. It's only Tom Brady who's just I think he's like replacing body parts with like machine parts, and that's why he doesn't ever get a drop off. We, we've seen little chinks in the armor for for Brady, but nothing where it just was like that complete fall off the hill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just he's really good, and it was just a question like he could keep playing right now. He's oh, he's stopping sure. because he doesn't. I think he kind of lost that drive a little bit, but either way, those guys I'm not going to compare him to. I thought opposite was going to happen for him, honestly, because of the divorce and everything. Now he was just like, I'm just going to play forever. That's what I thought. Yeah, but you know, maybe maybe he had a change of heart. All right, so there's one more name on this list, and keep in mind this is going back to 2000. I'm not. I have a list of kind of the old men category, like the Randall Cunninghams and the Joe Montanas and whatever. But that's that's a different list. I also have a different list of players who got there but did not win a playoff game. So the last one who did, the last player who went to a different team, he was 29, but I'm counting him, is Jake Plummer. He went to the Broncos wow. in 2003 yeah. at age 29, and he went 2-3 and three in the playoffs. So Jake Plummer, not a guy you, you think about as a good quarterback. <laughs> not at all. And, yeah, I can't believe he actually uh, got a, a playoff victory. Two of them. In, he's right. in the Tebow category. There are – Three players on a list that I think is fair to include here. One is Philip Rivers, who went to the Colts in 2020. He did it at 39. He lost in his in the playoff game, but he was solid with the Colts. Like 
he did the job with the Colts for considering a 39-year-old going to a new team for for one year. Like he, if you look at like Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, they wish they got the type of performance they got out of Philip Rivers out of those two guys, right? Yeah, because Philip brought him to the playoffs at least. Exactly. Exactly. And he was solid and he was still yeah. talking shit to people. You know, that's kind of his bag. Brett Favre to the Jets in 2008. He did it at 39. He they didn't make the playoffs, but they did go nine and seven. So, like in the sense that he had a record that was good enough to get them to the playoffs, like the team did. I'll give him credit for that. He was solid. Like he he went there at 39. He was still good. So he's on this list. And he also ruined dick picks forever by. They were already ruined. They were already he, ruined. He just made it, I guess, um, a public thing. He just made us think about it way more than anyone wanted to. The last name in RIP is Steve McNair, who went to the Ravens in 2006 yeah. at 33 years old. Now, he didn't win a playoff game, but I still want him. Like, I'll keep him on this list because they went 13 and three and got a bye. And so, like, if they had played in the first round, they probably would have won. They lost in the divisional round. So, like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Like, if you play well enough in the regular season that you're able to skip a round of the playoffs, to me, you, like, in theory, in the purposes of this list, you got to win. And so, like, he was very good there. So he's an example of it working out. Aaron McNair. Aaron McNair. So guys who were too young, Jimmy Garoppolo, he went to the 49ers at 26, but he has a four and two playoff record. He did get to a Super Bowl. He's one of the few people <laughs> on these lists that got to a Super Bowl. That's crazy. Drew, actually, if you, these these young guys all got to a Super Bowl. Now that I look at it, Drew Brees to the Saints in 2006. He was 27, so he's pretty close. He's pretty close to being an example of this working. But like I said to you previously, like if Derek Carr was 27, would you not feel completely differently about his potential candidacy to be your franchise quarterback? Definitely. And it just seems once you get over that 30 hill, all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're kind of like someone who's not saying that's, that you're you're on the downgrade right now, but you're definitely someone who's, I think, upward development has peaked. TH wants to wants to clear up our Jake Plummer slander. So I'll let him do that. He says he was stuck in Arizona until y'all too long and we're crazy. Fine. I just don't get excited when you tell me like if you, they were like, oh, maybe they bring in Derek Carr and he's as good as Jake Plummer. That might change my opinion. But yeah, Drew Brees, 9-8 and eight in the playoffs. Again, too young. But like an example of a guy not succeeding as well as you would hope on his first team and going to another team being good. The difference being like if Derek Carr was 27, the contract you would be signing him to would be done by the time he is 31. And that's the point that you're signing him now. So <laughs> like that's tough. The next one, and I hesitate to put him on here, Trent Dilfer to the Ravens yeah. in 2000. He was 28, but and he went 4-0 in the playoffs with wow. the Ravens. They won a Super Bowl. It wasn't good. So, like, he's kind of an aberration on this list. That's definitely, obviously, a defense that not just carried their quarterback, that just, I, I, it's like elevated him the entire way. Just uh, an amazing instance there. Yeah, it was I don't one think of the best defenses a, of all time. A, I don't yeah. think you're going to see a, quarter, a position that lacking at quarterback, you know, win again a Super Bowl that in this day and age kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the score, but that Giants team that they blew out in the Super Bowl blew out the Vikings. I think that was a Dante Culpepper team in the NFC Championship by like 30 points. Like, that's how good that Ravens defense was. 
Like Trent yeah, yeah. Dilfer just had to show up. They were, they're probably similar to the 49ers this year. They were better than the 49ers this year, but they were probably similar in that sense of like, you could have put any quarterback in there. As long as they were like not doing stupid things, you're going to win games. Okay, so here's a bunch of folks who would have qualified for the main list, but they ended up somewhere else in between stops where like they were solid, but like they weren't somewhere else. So Nick Foles to the Eagles, which is kind of funny because he actually returned to the team that drafted him, but he was obviously on some some teams and did not perform well in between that. Case Keenum to the Vikings is another example. Carson Palmer to the Cardinals is a good example. And it's an interesting one because the stretch that he was bad was with the Raiders. And the second season he was with the Raiders, Dennis Allen was the head coach. Hmm. But then he went to the Cardinals with Bruce Arians and he kind of resurrected things. But like that's the the Carson Palmer is the reason that Dennis Allen did not have a first round pick in his first year as head coach. They traded it for Carson Palmer. So it's kind of an interesting uh, connection there. Everything's all linked together somehow. Yeah. It always comes back to the Raiders, right? Rich Gannon is another example. He was the guy who ended up on the Raiders, but he also had a stint in Washington. I think he had another one. I can't recall who it was off the top of my head. Oh, Chiefs. Both of those were kind of failed. and But then he got to the Raiders and he was good. Brad Johnson with the Bucks. He's the guy who beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl. And he also had a stint with Washington before he got to Tampa Bay. So like, why is that relevant? Well, if you're comparing people to, to other guys, you know, you don't want to be the, you don't want to be the Washington to Rich Gannon, right? You don't want to be the Raiders to Carson Palmer. You don't want to be the Giants to Kurt Warner. I think a lot of people forget Kurt Warner was on the Giants for a season and he was the bridge to Eli Manning. He started, I want to say, the first eight games of that season and then they went to Eli Manning and then Kurt Warner goes out to Arizona and, you know, maybe this is just a Bruce Arians thing. I don't know. Seems to be a common a common thread as well. And suddenly he's getting them to a Super Bowl. So, like, that's where you want to avoid. You don't want to be the team that signs Derek Carr and it just all goes in the tank and then he goes somewhere else and is successful. <laughs> so that's why I think those are interesting examples that you don't want to necessarily be associated with. Yeah, the biggest thing f- for me with any of the quarterbacks for the Saints for next season is just going to be what what exactly are we looking for in P. Carmichael's system, quote-unquote, to get this job done? I think the thought – I believe the thought was that this was going to be a more run-heavy team, and we just didn't see that last year. It's going to depend a lot on who the quarterback is, right? And you know, I <laughs> yeah, know um... exactly. there's just there's so much, and I know it's that's what we do. We 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 guess and we try and speculate what's going to happen, but to to even see who's going to be quarterback right now for next year is still very very hazy. There's no there's definitely not a clear picture of it, and so much of it is going to depend on who that is, right? Like like I, I know it's a cop out, <laughs> but like if you sign. Derek Carr, then you're going to be doing a lot of different things, right? If you break the bank and you send all of the assets for Lamar Jackson, you're going to be doing different things. If you do what Louise Lockett would love and keep it, give the job to Taysom, uh, you're going to be doing very different things. If you keep Jameis and you you do it there, like so. Or if you hear the other report, all the Saints have some interest in Baker Mayfield. I mean, if you're going to get real cheap, (laughs) yeah, I mean, if it comes down to okay, here's a question. If it came down to it, 
and you had to pick between Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton, who would you go with? Wow. I would have to, even for me, that is not the Baker Mayfield fan. I would, I would probably go Mayfield there just because of the, the youth factor and that I think he could do more with his legs and have more mobility than Andy Dalton's going to give you. Yeah. Like I'd agree with that. Right. Like I, I don't, I would love Andy Dalton as the backup if he's the backup. Like I think he's a high quality backup. If I'm going for a guy, I don't have a ton of faith in. I'd at least like it to be the guy who's younger and has some upside. That yeah. Right. Maybe, come on. It's the same reason you, you had hope for Jameis, right? Like he's still young. And, and I still think, and I said this last week or earlier this week is that, the more you look at this list, if you strike out on Derek Carr or if you can't make a trade, if you can't do anything, like Jameis continues to look like the best option. He's already yeah. under contract, but like it has nothing to do with him as a player that makes you think it's not likely. It's all about like the relationships within that locker room. And it's just, it continues to be very difficult for me to see a scenario where DA is like, oh yeah, Jameis, we're going back to you. Let's do it. I was going to say, you put that scenario too. You could say, well, who would you rather have, Baker Mayfield or Jameis Winston as your quarterback? I'd rather have Jameis. I, I think so. The problem is, obviously, the past two years of injury have just left a, a huge cloud over what he's able to do anymore. Baker gets hurt every year, too. That's not it. Like, Baker's injury history is no better than Jameis's injury history. So, in that sense, I, I don't buy that as a reason. I guess it just it's more prevalent to me just because it's been on the Saints the last two years. It's right. been here, right. You've seen it happen. Right. But I mean Baker Baker has had just as many issues with his throwing shoulder and, and all that. So like I, I don't know. Like, but in the sense that I think the bridges have been burned, then yeah, you probably would go with Baker, but I don't know. I, either way, it's gonna be something we have to kind of wait and see. Free agency is still a month away. So I think that's why it's gonna be more more prudent to talk draft from here uh, over the next couple of weeks, but we can continue to banter about the quarterbacks. If that's what people want to hear about. Well, that's another, we go back to, we, we were joking about mock drafts before there's so, that, that scale of just where some folks prospect window are is amazing because I'll see saints mock drafts with, Oh, I got Hendon hooker with the 29th overall selection. And then I see other picks going, look at this steal. I got Hendon hooker in the third round. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah, well, and it's like, like for example, I, I think it's another thing I said earlier this week. Like Anthony Richardson is going way too high in these mock drafts. And it's like I have a very strong confidence that he's going to go out to the combine and teams are going to be like, he is not a top 10 pick. He might be a first round pick. Like you, like I think he's going to be in the 29 range I do that the too, teams right. are going to be able to get a shot at him. But if you talk about that right now, people look at you like you're crazy because – Everyone in the mock draft sphere has decided that he's a top 10 guy, and I fully expect him to slide down. Anyway, that's part of the fun, right? Yeah, the, uh, you know, everyone's got an opinion season, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's wrap that segment up, and we'll come back and hit the mailbag. If you haven't got your questions in there yet, make sure to do that. We're going to go to a break. We're going to star a bunch of these comments, and then we're going to come back and get to them. All right, this is Inside Black and Gold. 